Hello, and welcome to the podcast for 613. This message was given by Danny Strange. It's a boy. This man stands there in complete amazement. No longer is he just a, a boss. No longer is he just a friend. No longer is he just a husband. He's now a father. And he, and he takes up his newborn son in his arms for the first time. And he kisses his boy. And he looks down and he realizes, man, I never could have imagined I could have loved anything as much as this baby boy. And it was at that moment, it was that day that the joy of parenting had begun. And so the long night started and they put bags under his eyes, but it didn't affect his smile at all. Uh, and laughter and anticipation soared through the air as he watched his boy try and take his very first steps. And his heart almost burst the first time that his boy said the word data. And then more amazing news. His wife was pregnant again, another healthy baby boy. And this boy was welcomed into this world and into this family with open arms, big hugs, kisses, smiles, and laughter. And just by the way, this dad looked at his boys. You knew he would do anything for them, absolutely anything. And business was good. Actually, business was great. Uh, his, uh, he was able to abundantly provide for his family. And the wealth, it, uh, it definitely came down to his employees and to their families as well. And as the boys grew up, the older son uh, faithfully stood by his father's side and learned the family trade and was out in the fields working hard. Um, and he'd spend long days working on the field. And he'd come home exhausted, but he'd come home proud. The younger son, though, he was a little bit different. He knew something was going on in his heart. And, and he didn't appreciate and he didn't love working for his father. Because one day he came to his dad and he said, Father, I want my share of the inheritance. And the dad, for some reason, obeys his son's request. So the father goes and, and he takes into account uh, everything that he owned, all his property, all his wealth. And he goes and he splits it up, he divides it, and he goes back to his son. And, uh, and he goes and he gives his son's inheritance, which would have been given to him at his death. And his son takes this wealth. And his son gathers up the rest of the things that he owns. And, and then he turns his back on his father and he sets off down this road away from home. And he goes far. And he goes real far. And he gets to this distant country. And it's here that he wastes all of this wealth on the wildest of living. Anything that you could buy, this boy tried. And he kept spending and spending until the very last penny. And I don't know if it was a coincidence or if it was an act of God, but then a severe famine came in and, and it swept the entire land and everyone became desperate, even this boy. And this boy wasn't just desperate uh, how to get drunk next or how he's going to get high next or how he's going to get in bed with a prostitute next, but this boy was just desperate for food. And so he goes out and he hires himself to this citizen of this distant country and this man, he puts him to work out in the fields feeding his pigs. And I knew the pay wasn't good because all that this boy wanted to do was just eat what he was feeding these pigs. And his boss cared more about these pigs than this boss cared about this boy. This boy was filthy, he was dirty, and he was starving to death, and no one in this country 
cared for him. And no one in this country gave him anything. And this boy finally came to his senses. And he thought to himself, every single one of my father's workers has food to spare after every meal. And here I am starving to death. So I know what I'll do. I'm going to head home. And when I get home and I see my dad, I'm going to tell him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please make me like one of your workers. So that's just what this son did. Is he started off on, on his long journey home and saying, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. Please make, I'm not worthy to be uh, you're called your son anymore. Please make me like one of your workers. Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. Please make me like one of your workers. Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. Please make me like one of your, one of your workers. And his long journey finally came to an end as the familiar sight of his home uh, was out there on the horizon. And his father sees his son in the distance and starts sprinting straight at his son. And when he gets to his son... He doesn't welcome his son with a fist or with an I told you so. He wraps his arms around his dirty, filthy, starving son, and he kisses him, much like on that glorious day of his birth. And this son, all wrapped up in his father's arms, tries to spill out this apology that he'd been mulling over in his mind over and over again. He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven, and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father cuts him off. He says, quick. Put clothes on this boy. Get him a ring. Put shoes on his feet. And then go and quick, go get the fattened calf. Go kill it. It's time to party. We need to celebrate because this son of mine, he was dead. But now he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. And out of all the emotions that the father could have had at that moment, judgment, hate, disgust, compassion, was the emotion that took control. And meanwhile, the older son was out in the field, clueless to what's going on, clueless to his brother's return, clueless to the part that's happening. He's out there working hard in the field and sweat and dirt's caked to his skin and he's coming home after a long day's work and as he nears home, he hears the sound of music and he hears the sound of dancing and he, and he grabs one of his father's workers and he says, hey, what's going on? And the worker says to him, he says, well, your brother's come home. And your father, he's killed the fattened calf because he has your, your brother safe and sound. And the older brother is furious. He's furious and he's pacing around. He didn't want to even go inside to say hi to his long lost brother. And he's pacing back and forth outside, and his father hears about this, and his father leaves his younger son, leaves the party, and comes out to his older brother to meet him outside and to plead with him. But the, but the older son wouldn't hear it. And I can only imagine how far this father's heart sunk when he heard this response from his older son. His father... For years, I've been slaving away for you. I've never disobeyed any of your orders, but you've never even given me just a young goat to celebrate with my friends. And then when this son of yours comes home, who's given your property to prostitutes, when he comes home, 
you go and you kill the fattened calf for him? And this father looks at his son. He says, son, he says, you're always with me. And everything that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate. Because this brother of yours, he was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, and now he's found. Our scripture tonight is the story you just heard James tell us. It's found in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 29. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine is, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Yes, can I have a seat? What do you do with a lost son? What do you do when your son is gone? One of those words that hit the father's heart like a knife. Give me my share of the inheritance. I'm sure it wasn't a total surprise to the father. You imagine a father holding a baby and watching the innocence of his child as he runs around and toddles around and and yet as he grows, the father knows the son is becoming distant. He knows the son is resenting him and he tries to stop it. He tries to show his love. 
he tries to help the son understand who he truly is. And yet the son's heart grows harder and harder and harder. You can see in his son's face as he worked out in the field or as he labored on the earth, he didn't get it. He didn't know he was loved by his dad. He was sick of slaving away. He wanted to be his own man. He wanted his freedom. He wanted to live his own life. He wanted to be on his own. And, and when the moment came that the son disowned himself from the family and said, Dad, you are dead to me. Even though it wasn't a surprise, I'm sure it was the most painful moment of the father's life. And what do you do with a lost son? What do you do with a son who doesn't want anything to do with you? What do you do when your son who you love that you created and brought into this world rejects you and and doesn't understand your heart for him and interprets everything that you do towards him as, as hate and when all you want to do is, is love, they, they won't receive it. And you know he's lost. And you know there's nothing that you can do to make him see your love as he grows further and further away. And the, the sun faded into the distance as he walked away from the home on that day. And yet that journey must have begun years and years ago. You can't imagine what our Heavenly Father would feel as, or did feel as he looked upon his creation. The sons and daughters that he created to live in relationship with him. And we all did the same thing. We grew distant. The Bible tells us that all of us, like sheep, we went astray and we turned and we all walked away up that dusty road as well. Can't imagine how our father would feel when he looked at generation after generation after generation after generation of humankind just turning away and turning away and turning away and turning away, walking away and walking away and walking away and walking away. Leaving him time and time and time again. How would you feel if you were the father of multitudes and every son and every daughter that you ever created turned and walked away? Said, I don't need you. As far as you and I are concerned, you're, you're dead to me. Let me live my life. I can do this on my own. And what do you do with the lost son? Jesus says we're going to lose a coin, even if you have a hundred of them. When you scour your house, you retrace your steps, you do not give up looking until you find that coin. If you have a hundred sheep and you lose just one, you leave the rest behind and you go look for that lost sheep and you bring it back. But when your son walks away and turns his back and leaves, it seems different. 
as we all turned away from God and we walked away. And we told him that he is dead to us and we can do this on our own. The father watched us leave. And in the fullness of time, he turned to the older son, the good son, the one who has been eternally at the father's side, who has lived in righteousness and in a loving relationship with the father for eternity, the one who is the true son of the father, unlike us who were created beings, who were adopted into the family of God. He, he, he looked at Jesus, the son, And he said, you need to go after your little brother. To the son in the story of the prodigal son, the older son was, he didn't want anything to do with his evil, sinful younger brother. It served him right. The younger brother spent his life being so bitter against the father, and the older son was always trying to prove himself always trying to show the father that he truly did love him and he would show him that by serving him, by enslaving himself to the father. You could feel the disdain that the older brother had towards his little brother. When he won't even celebrate when he comes home. And yet when we wandered, when we all like sheep went astray, Jesus, the older son, said, I'm going to go and I'm going to find him. I'm going to find my little brother. and I'm going to find these adopted kids of yours, Father. I'm going to bring them back home. And when Jesus walked the earth, he said things like the Son of Man was sent to seek and save that which was lost. And when, the, when Jesus came and walked the earth and he spent time with those who were in the mud and in the mire and entrenched in, in sin and Jesus got flack from the older brothers of this world for it, he said it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. What do you do with a lost son? You go and find him. See, while we were still sinners, while we were still powerless at just the right time, Jesus came for us. And yet the issue was not just coming to us and grabbing us and throwing us over his shoulder and bringing us back to the Father. We were dead to the Father. We had cut our ties. We had racked up this debt against our father and we had left him. And You can't make a dead thing undie. See, as the people heard the story of the prodigal son, I'm sure they were thinking in their minds as older brothers, you can't just accept a kid back into the family again. There's a price that must be paid. A kid can't just walk up the road after squandering the inheritance and be welcomed by a father 
that, that is a dishonorable son. He deserves to die. The father should have gone to the son and struck him down since he didn't die in his sin in a faraway land. And yet when the father sent his son Jesus to come for us, he didn't just come to find us. He he came to die for us. He came and he told us that we can come back to the father. And the price was paid. And that yes, we were dead to the Father, but he was going to die for us instead. And he would step onto that cross and receive the penalty that we earned as the rebellious son. And then he would raise from the grave. She said, yeah, you can't become undead. But you can be born again. You can be raised from the dead. Yeah, the son is dead and he's alive again because his older brother died on the cross and rose from the grave to give him a new life. And what we don't see in the story of the prodigal son is is that the older brother, the true older brother, Jesus, came after us and rescued us and paid for us so that when we walked back up the path towards home, we weren't received with wrath but with open arms. The father lavished his love upon the prodigal son because the true older brother had paved the way for him to come home. Sometimes we feel like we can't come back to God because we're dirty. Isaiah tells us that though our sins be as scarlet, God will make us white as snow. That we come back to the Father in the mud and muck of our sin. And he receives us and he cleans us and he puts his garments over us and he invites us into the celebration. And yet the older brother in the story, out in the field, is covered with dirt, but not the dirt of sin, the dirt of hard work, the dirt of labor, the dirt of slaving away for the father his whole life. And that dirt, that pride of that dirt under his fingernails is the pride that stops him from entering into a true relationship with his dad. So you can't just love me because I'm me. I will earn it. All these years I've been slaving away for you. The younger son comes to the father and says, please make me like one of your servants. The father says, you're not a servant, you're my son. And the younger son moves from rebellion against service to saying, I will be a servant, and then finding sonship. While the older brother will not be a son because 
His identity is that he's his father's slave. Those of us who find that we want to earn our relationship with the father, we want to show him that we are his slaves. And the father says that, I don't want you to be my slaves. I want you to be my sons, my daughters. Whether you're covered with the dirt of dishonor or the dirt of hard work and righteousness, the Father wants to welcome you with open arms. Tonight, as we take communion, it's an opportunity for us to come to the Father and recognize that we enter into his presence, not because of our dirt of hard work, but because of the death of his Son. That the true Son of God, the only begotten Son of the Father, Jesus, paid for our sin, paid for our slavery with with his blood and with his body on the cross. So that when we come to the Father, we're not coming with anything that we have. We're, We're coming and taking what the Son has given to us. And there's life in the Son. It's not if you're a prodigal, if you've wandered off, and you're kind of hiding off in the wings, watching God's house from afar, and watching the party happening inside, and thinking, man, I wish I didn't ruin it for myself over there. The story tells us that you take that step down the path, and even though you're not running to his arms, he's running with his arms to you. The moment you turn to the Father, you'll find him welcoming. Not because you earned it, not because you're good, not because you didn't mess up bad enough, but because Jesus paid for all of it. Tonight, if you're the older brother, if a story like this just makes you irritated because all these years you've been slaving away for your father, hear the Father's heart. He doesn't want you to be his slave. He wants you to be his kid. We had to celebrate, the father says, because that brother of yours, he was dead. And now he's alive again. He was lost. And now he's found. Let's pray before we take communion. Father, teach us what it means to be your kids. To live not as your slaves, but as your sons and as your daughters. We recognize that your word tells us that we're your sons because sons receive the inheritance of the Father. And our older brother Jesus was delighted to share the inheritance with us even when we had squandered everything that our father handed to us. Let us find our identity in you. Let us know we're loved because you love us. 
Let us know we're worthy because your son has made us worthy. Let us know that we can approach you because when God put on flesh and walked this earth, he told this story of a father who was delighted to see a lost son return. Let us come back to you. Let us eat and drink tonight in remembrance of our older brother, the only begotten son of the father who died and raised so that we might have life. And let us worship you as we realize that we're not your slaves. We're your sons. We're your daughters. We're adopted into the household of God. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear additional 613 messages or you're interested in finding out more about Neighborhood Church, please visit our website at threecrosses.org. That's the number three, crosses.org.